0: Welcome to the Blackout Show, presented by the Guillain Gray, a show about the Chicago White Sox baseball, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll debate what's working and what's not on the south side of Chicago. It's old school versus new school baseball. And most importantly, we're keeping all the receipts.
1: to the Blackout Show presented by the Grid. I am Gonzo. With me is OJ. OJ, this is episode 26 of season 1 and the White Sox have been officially eliminated from playoff contention. Um, They haven't been really in contention since May, but there's still two and a half weeks of baseball left of this regular season. OJ, what's your thoughts? Um...
0: Well, let's be honest. Let's keep it real. They haven't been in contention since spring training. <laughs> right off the gate, they sucked. And they had Pedro Grifo get pushed by uh, by now no longer a White Sox member, um, Gio Jolito. Gio, Gio, Gio uh, that was like the highlight of their year. That one first game that they won, I believe, was in Kansas City. Um, wherever it was that he won it, uh, they sucked. They sucked the whole year. The yeah. went contention... They might have been out of contention in Griffo's hiring.
1: Yeah, I really wanted to ask you last episode because we kind of jumped right to the all-time series for catcher. But uh, with two and a half weeks to go, we've seen a lot of the same from this s- staff uh, with Pedro throughout the season. But with with two weeks left, is there really anything that you want to see him kind of try to show himself as a coach with two and a half weeks to go? Because for me, myself. I want something at least start small, like start believing in one of your guys and your staff, like a guy like Dylan so I mean, I know they're trying to watch him as he has got two starts left, but like last start and in tonight and in, in today's start, the last two starts he's had, he's gotten to five and um five and a third. And he got taken out with like, you know, still some pitches left in him and he's pitching well in those, in these couple starts here. And, if I like, I've been harping on it for the past couple months. I want to see Grafal start to really, you know, have some trust and faith in the guys and push them a little bit harder. And that includes a guy like Dylan Cease. Maybe they're um, telling
0: Maybe they're telling Pedro what moves to me. You know, maybe they're telling Pedro Pedro's going by the little book and taking out guys based on pitch counts. Um, we're gonna see what type of manager Pedro is. Uh, you know, moves have been made. Um, he's been inconsistent. His bullpen management has been horrendous his handling of the starters. I've seen zero growth from any of the starters uh, on the maturity level of them handling it. And, and we've seen him be timid at times with, with C. So in these next two weeks, I think that if Pedro was bad, his staff is 10 times worse. If I was Chris Getz, I, w- I would reconsider bringing that staff back next year. Even, even if I bring back Pedro, I would rec- reconsider the staff as a whole, um, because they, they've, if the players have underperformed, they performed, their job has not been, uh, completed their their job has been a complete failure because they were brought into this team to actually win a division and they're they're not just not gonna win it they're far from it.
1: Yeah I like where you're going because like I know we brought up um, when the announcement was official. I think it was you OJ you alluded to they're not done getting rid of people and I, I want to believe that as a fan because I haven't seen anything um to go against like keeping this whole staff Um, to go with what you're saying with you got to make change because there's just we keep saying the same thing there's there's no i don't see really many adjustments among the players that the staff should be focused on but we'll get to that in a little bit but let's let's stay on graffal and we haven't done a graffal's grounds in a while so let's bring it back this is graffal's grounds.
0: I don't have a problem making decisions. I don't have a problem making a call on a, you know, on a, on a pitcher. I don't have a problem making a call on, a, on, you know, on a, whatever our team needs at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. Um, All
1: right. First topic in tonight. Um, Gosh, this was over the weekend, um, or no? I think it was Friday or thir- Thursday or Friday of last week. Um, they moved Michael Kopech to the bullpen for the rest of the season, um, and then I think his first appearance in Detroit on the road, he gives up a, a solo shot. Um, but Pedro alludes that the, the official decision hasn't been determined for 2024, 20, but they'd like to keep him a starter. Um, OJ, let's let's hear it about your thoughts on Kopech here? Well,
0: I'm going to say this about Pedro Gafol. Either Pedro Gafol has no idea what the hell he's doing as a manager or he's completely full of it. Okay, A couple of weeks ago, he says that Michael Kopech is no way, shape, or form going to the bullpen. And guess where Michael Kopech is at now? He's in the bullpen. Okay. Um, he says that Michael Kopech will not be in the bullpen in 2024, but he's in the bullpen today. What is Michael Kopech gonna learn from the bullpen to becoming a starter? Michael Kopech has thrown this season 126 innings, nowhere close to 200 innings that are you know usually uh, uh, a number because ERA is over 5.19. Okay, it, it will end up in 20 almost 20 something starts. What's the big deal if Michael Kopech is a great start? Is a great reliever? Ronaldo Lopez was not a starter. Mariano Rivera, guess what he was before? A starter. Starting pitching is not something that you just have to have just a great arm for. There's stamina. There's pitchability. There's a mental aspect to it. The last time that I saw Michael Kopech pitching live, because it wasn't uh, over the weekend because I was in Cabo San Lucas, which we talked a lot about the White Sox. a lot of guys from Chicago during our trip over there. But... Michael Kopeck, the last time I saw him live, his fastball was literally two to three miles per hour slower in the first inning, not because of injury, but because it looked like he was trying to save something for later innings, thinking, I have to pitch more than two innings. I need to keep my energy. And when a pitcher starts doing that, it means that he is not a starting pitcher. People like Ozzy Gian, other fans have been saying that he might not be a starting pitcher. Sometimes you're wrong. Chris Sale, who we thought was a starting pitcher, who wasn't a starting pitcher, and he proved everybody wrong. But what's the big issue with Michael Kopech being a bullpen piece, of being a future closer, of being a a two-inning reliever, a modern-day relief pitcher? What is so bad about that? I'd rather see him succeed in that role than keep struggling and people trying to save their jobs and other people brown-nosing, people trying to save their jobs, trying to keep this kid in the starting position. And he might not be a starter, and that's okay.
1: So you you haven't developed him as a starter under oh. this staff. So if Gats is trying to come out here and tell us that we're going to be pushing to contend in 2024, then he needs to be in the bullpen because that's where, so far in his tenure here in Chicago, he's been a, he's had a better role as a pitcher in the bullpen than in the rotation. Obviously, so if you know. I understand that we only have one guy under contract and cease and starting rotation for 2024. Not named Kopech, if you're going to move him to the uh, bullpen, and that means that you're going to have to fill those other four spots. But that that needs to be where the focus has to be right now, because we need to get the best out of these guys, and we have to build some confidence going forward. And um, yeah, I think it was
0: roster construction. Mm-hmm. It goes back to it, just like we had guys playing out of position, and Andrew Vaughn which took him two years to end up playing finally his main position, having Michael Kopech be a starter just for the sake of him being a starter because you don't have other legit starters is a detriment to the team and to especially to Mr. Michael Kopech. If he is a bullpen guy, if he feels more comfortable that way, let him be a bullpen guy. I really would like to know what Ethan Katz has to say about this because if Ethan Katz has been saying that he can convert him into a starter – like he has been, and he ends up being in the bullpen in these next two years, I am judging Ethan Katz a little bit harder. But again, the White Sox also need bullpen help. So why not have Michael Kopech be one of those arms in the bullpen that can help you? I don't understand why this is such a big deal. If your team was packed with bullpen guys and there would not be a spot for Kopech, but that's not the case, he would still be a huge piece of the team and might even pitch more than every five days. I'd rather have him pitch two or three times a week and be effective then pitch every five days in a struggle.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, it's unfortunate that he couldn't develop as a starter here. Um, like you just said, I do. I wish we would know uh, the true thoughts of cats, but Junior, I don't even want cats here anymore. <laughs> like, no, I'm
0: just saying, I, look, I just think I, you look at that, you look at, let's not look at analytics, let's look at his, his, his build. Okay. He's a, uh, Real aggressive, in-your-face type of guy where he looks like he's actually been tamed down a little bit. He was always a power pitcher in his early days. A guy that likes attacking. A guy that is very effective one inning, another inning is not. So he either comes out with it or when, well, he doesn't come out with anything. Usually as a reliever, you hit or miss. With Michael, we have not been able to see that because if he has a really good first inning or second inning, he finds himself in trouble in the third and the fourth. So his physical makeup tells you he's a reliever. And then his stats tell you that he's a reliever. So what are they looking at other than the fact that you're trying to force him into a starter spot? Everything is telling us he is a reliever. So I don't know what they're looking at and saying he's a starter other than the fact that they're saying that he is.
1: Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't have the like, the innings to even make the it a
0: starter. He's not even flirting with him. At least when you saw Cease and other man, other pitchers struggle, you see guys struggling, but with 180 – 190 pitches, 100 – he's not even close. He, his numbers are very, very close to a long reliever or a, a bullpen guy with a lot of appearances. His, his his numbers are not starting pitcher numbers, even in modern-day baseball.
1: Well, like going – so, Junior, like going into this season, I understand keeping him in, in the rotation to see if he would actually pitch longer than he did last year. Like I totally get that. But now that we've seen it clearly that he, he – well, what? He burned out a little bit earlier than he did last year, right? This season,
0: yeah, 119 so, last year he threw the before that 69, uh, 14. This year's at 126. I think he might finish at like 135. Now that he's going to be in the bullpen, so again, yeah, not a huge true. jump to become a starter when you compare that to other pitchers uh, of his age and development.
1: Yeah, I remember you know me, Justin and Slav going back and forth with McKenzie and Kolbeck, and it's just unfortunate that. <laughs> What three what was that three months later that um Mackenzie he hasn't even seen the the mound yet and Kopech just found himself back into the bullpen. Um but that's just oh, God. Trading uh sale away, you get Mankada Kopech, and you, you can't get any anything out of those top prospects to really um flourish at the major league level and uh now hopefully hopefully You know, we see Kopeck bounce back next year in the bullpen. I just, I hope the best because he's got the stuff, but he just—I
0: think he's got great stuff to be to be uh to be a reliever. Like when you look at Dylan Cease, okay, and you see his development, and again, you 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 can people, some people argue that he had better stuff, Kopeck. Meaning, um, when when you're looking at his at the numbers, even when he didn't pitch well early in his career, you see the numbers over the 150 mark for innings consumed, Mm -hmm. okay. Same thing with every prospect pitcher. I think with Kopak, it's a situation of stamina, a situation that maybe that year that he took off, which was the COVID year, maybe affected him in his development as a starter. Okay, he was given a shot this year. And if you wanted to keep him as a starter, why are you sending him to the bullpen with two weeks left in the season? That's the part that I don't get. That's the part where I think Rafal is full of it. Or he is either lying or he has no idea what he's doing. If he is going to be a starter for next season and you're thinking that, then why take him out of the starting rotation with two weeks left? Which the only thing that you're trying to save is your embarrassment of losing a hundred game as a first year manager.
1: So let me uh, let's go, let me go back to the bullpen here in 2024, starting off the season. Where would you put him in, in that bullpen? Would you put him in middle be a, relief? Oh, might be huh? middle
0: relief, he might be a specialist middle relief, eight night inning guy. Yeah. It, it might be the would eight you, ninth inning depending. Like maybe throw him in the seventh or eighth. Maybe put him in between, you know, the hard spots in the sixth, seventh to get to the to the older guys, you know, because he can yeah. probably throw you two innings.
1: Yeah, I like to see him at least start sixth, seventh, and then build that confidence Yeah, yeah build six,
0: seventh, and then get there. Or, and then, again, if he becomes a two-inning guy, he becomes a seven-eighth guy, which is like the extended setup guy now, setting it up mm-hmm. for the closer. Um, again, if they're analytical, match him up. What's the best matchup for him coming up, you know, coming into the game? And maybe you can throw him, you know, throw him one inning, throw him two innings, couple days, you know, two or three days rest, bring him back there, and, and you can really get great usage out of him because right now, this is the thing, right now in his mind, he's a bullpen guy. So to transition him to a bullpen guy, to then go into the offseason, not knowing what he's going to be, going into spring training, that's just bad. That's just worse. Just Just tell him, hey, man, you're the starter. Go struggle with it. Every pitcher struggles with it. Keep starting, and you're going to be the starter next year. But going into the offseason, like, not knowing what your role is, it sucks. It's not cool. not cool for him in his development and makes it seem that the White Sox really don't know what the hell they're doing.
1: Let me ask you about a guy in the same boat, um, Garrett Crochet. I've seen him back now, I think, for the past two weeks down there and, uh, is he in rehab?
0: Great rehab. Yeah,
1: he's recovering uh, double A, I think, with the okay. Barons.
0: I'm sure he's drinking uh, like, down there.
1: He is, and it looks like he's got his velocity back. The slider it looks like it's—he still, you know, needs a couple more weeks here to get that down more. But um, I, we still haven't heard yet what their thoughts are of where he's going to be. Like, we, still have a, we, we don't they're have they're a plan.
0: Doing the they're doing the opposite with him than with with Kopech. They're developing him like a middle reliever, okay? Letting fans hope that he's one day going to be a starter. But when are they going to pull the trigger? Right now would be a great time for him to start going long, and saying, Maybe. "Hey, we're going to prepare you next season to be a starting in the rotation." And but prepare yourself for that.
1: That's the thing, OJ's last last fall in August, um, Han came out and said, "Our plan is for him to be a starter," right? And then in the spring, he gets banged up, but then he comes back with like I think three weeks into the season, it was. And they said our plan—we're gonna, you know, stretch them out multiple innings. But they kept going back and forth with it, with putting them in the bullpen, and like goes from one inning to three innings, like two, three innings. Like they keep going back and forth. We don't them.
0: sacrifice wins for the development of our players, Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it. He did it. I know. That's what that means. Like that's what that means. They're 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 treating prospect players, players that are not proven. Okay, to try to get one or two wins to try to better the record when they're not even close to competing to anything and hurting the development of these guys and probably can hinder them in the future. That's a situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're going to have to go back and say, hey, by the way, Dylan Seeds was almost a side young under, under Tony La Russa.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, when, when you see it, when you start talking about development of guys and, and where they were at, uh, they. Tony spent the, the, the uh, how much time has, you know, between the cats and Cooper time, you know, who's going to take the claim for that? Um, you know, that, and that's when you're going to start looking at like those debates, but I really feel that White Sox don't have a plan. They really don't. They didn't have a plan on the Rick Hahn. We know that. And right now it looks like they don't have a plan under Chris because they're just trying to figure it out. And their manager just goes out there and talks nonsense and thinks that we're all dumb. And we're going to believe it just because he uses perfect English and big words. Yeah. And he's full of it because he says one thing one day and says another other day.
1: And I'll tell you right now, OJ, when Crochet was drafted, and we kind of brought this up a little bit last episode, like I really wanted to see him as a starter in that rotation because you saw how dominant he was in, what was that, 2020 with the A's when he was shutting yeah. them out? So dominant. And I just wish that they truly had a plan to develop him back into the rotation for the for the last two years. So here's the difference, um, Donzo. Yeah.
0: If you If you're a prospect, okay – and your, and your team needs you, Miguel Cabrera, Bobby Jenks, because your team's in the middle of a pennant race. Dontrell Willis. You are used be- any way your team deems you possibly a, 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 a way to help them win. 2005 White Sox, we have Bobby Jenks put him in the closer role. You know, Miguel Cabrera, they put him in left field because they needed his bat. You know Dontrell Willis gets thrown into the mix as a starter. Any way, shape, or form they were all in pennant races that led to winning world series and the development could take a hinder because you were going for the big one. What are the white Sox competing for? If the white Sox were right now, if Bobby James was, was to be called right now on this team, he would probably get a shot to be a starter. Why? Three plus pitches, great stuff. Why wouldn't he get a shot to be a starter? The difference was the team that he came into, there was six legit starters. Because Brandon McCarthy was also on that on that team, where you had five starters plus one, so his his stuff was to be moved to the to the pen, and he built a great career. So right now, the way the White Sox are there, I don't care what they tell us, they are not in a competitive window. They're not. I don't care how many times they tell us that they're in, they're not. So they need to go and do what's best for these guys and really develop them. Because if not, in two or three years, we're going to be still talking about the same damn thing just with different names because they won't be able to develop them.
1: Yeah, well, when it comes to Roche starting 2024, I, I, I'm actually on the path now of just, like Kopech, put him in the bullpen, let him build I, his have arm. A nasty
0: bullpen. Have a nasty bullpen. Go yeah. find yourself some cheap starters. that can maybe go four or five innings and then and ride the pen. And again, if that's right. going to be your philosophy, then let it be your philosophy. But don't mm-hmm. – like if you ask Grafaule today – what do you think about long, you know, players going long? I think going long is the name of the game. Throwing 200 innings is extremely important. And he takes out a guy in the third inning. Like, he has no, like, he has no foundation on, like, what he's managing on and his staff. And right now, Chris gets is coming into a situation where that's kind of like the culture, the culture. You know what the White Sox culture is right now? They're They're just, they don't have a culture. Their culture is not just bad. It's like one of mistrust. Is one of misguided, of confusion, of we say one thing, we do the other. That's what the culture is. The culture is like, oh, it's like a joke. It's like a running joke, like, oh, Kopech not going to be a starter. It's going to be a, never going to be a bullpen guy, and you're like, he's going to be a bullpen guy in two weeks. Also, he'll like you go with the opposite. Like it's now become like a joke, and that's where they need to start building this. Instead of them looking for leadership and who's going to be the baseball leader, they need to figure out what their culture is and how they're going to manage their team. They just did it with poor Oscar Colas Guy gets sent down. With two weeks left. Did they look up his numbers for the last seven days, the last 15 at bats? He was raking. All he did wasn't all he did, the only reason they should have sent him down was well, he didn't walk enough. He struck out five times, and didn't walk any, but he got doubles, home runs, four hits, three runs in the last fifteen at bats. I really don't understand why they send him down now. Should have done it a month ago.
1: Yeah, let's let's stay right there. So, Oscar Kolas got option to Triple A Charlotte for the second time this season. OJ, we heard it in the presser with Grafal. What he listed was the same thing, you know, defensively running the bases, hitting the cutoff. It's the same thing he said the first time back in May. Like, what, are, what is your staff doing to make these adjustments at the big league level to keep them there? Like,. W- <laughs> If, if if you're like you focusing on Colas, yeah. we we've seen this whole team do the same shit, worse than he is.
0: You've gave him the job on a spring training. You should have never given him the job if he couldn't have done those little things. You Should have said, "Hey man, is struggling. He's going to struggle till the end." Not only have you made him bunt, now you're sending him down. Good luck trying to move him for for something. You just told Major League Baseball we think this guy sucks. We we just kept Thompson over this kid. Okay. <laughs> he was struggling most guys do especially free swingers like him we saw that it took Pantera time. he's figured out this year uh, on finding you know let's be, let's be honest man it's Oscar Colas first year but again Pedro being really hard on a first year player when is Oscar Colas going to be a good runner what's good running for Oscar Colas he's a, ch- he's a chubby right fielder defensively you guys thought Oscar Colas was a gold glove defender excuse me He's, he's, he might be a little bit better than Eloy. Maybe. Okay? He, he's, he's batting? Oh, he's not producing power? Yeah, no one else in the White Sox is either. You got guys making $25 million that got five home runs. So what, what's Oscar has done any wrong to the point that you have to get him out of the team with two weeks left to send him to A? If you want to talk about getting kicked in the nuts and a huge morale destructor... That kid's destroyed. He's embarrassed.
1: Yeah. Last seven days, he was batting 267 with one, home run, one home run, OPS of 800. <laughs> like, Did great.
0: Play better, better than Lenny Sosa.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why this decision comes out when there's so many other decisions that need to be made here with two and a half weeks to go.
0: You're not losing game because of Colas. Let's just put no. it that way. And he needs to develop. Why? Because he is truly, truly, truly our first year player.
1: And these right. are these are important reps that you're missing out on.
0: Yeah, And he's going to kill Triple... He's going to go down there and destroy Triple-A the last two weeks. He's going to destroy it because that's what he's been doing every single time. So his learning ability needs to happen at the big league level. But let's guess what. I do not sacrifice wins for the development of players. Sounds like Bruce Bochy with the San Francisco Giants in his three, three championship beat. It's like you lost your credibility to say anything about competitive baseball. When you went under 15 games under 500, you better be developing or you should not be here. Period.
1: No, OJ. Um, Like I said, there's two and a half weeks to go. Um, The White Sox have Nick Nostrani, who they got. He was the ninth prospect by the Dodgers in that deal for Lance Lynn. You have Nostrani, Matthew Thompson, Christian Mania, um, and there's a fourth guy that's not worth mentioning really, but these guys are real 5 eligible in December, and they need to be added to the 40-man this season. Um, I'm actually shocked that... We haven't seen Chris Getz bring some of these guys up to get them starts here, you know, in the month of September. Like he was a play, he was the director of player development, Development. and he hasn't done. He made these moves yet. Like, why is there hesitation, or like, why haven't we seen it yet?
0: So here's the confusion. And again, I love Chris as a person, but we're confused. Like on what he's going to do. If, if I was in charge of player development. Okay. And I thought that my predecessors were tying me down, tying my hands down on me calling up prospects and hindering the development of my players. Okay. You're, and that's why they got fired and I got kept. Why are you not moving these players that you developed into the big leagues in the last month of the season? If any time, do it now, Chris. You can run, bro. You have a free lane. You can fire Pedro. You can fire the staff. You you can do anything you want with this team, and people are going to be like, wow, Chris is doing moves. Why are these guys not up? This is why it's like you want to make Kopech a bullpen guy, but you don't bring anybody to replace him. You want to make Crochet a bullpen person, but you're not going to want to take a spot. You trade three starters. Who are these guys? Are they going to use spring training as the – full development of like, who's going to be in the staff next year. They're going to go into spring training with four open spots. Really? That's what expansion teams do. Good luck. You're going to lose, you're going to lose 90 games.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, so OJ, I got to be completely honest here. Um, Nostrani, you know, I've been, I was harping on Nostrani and those trade packages at the deadline. Like that was a pitching prospect from the Dodgers. I wanted the Sox to deal for, and they did. That was the only guy I, you know that they dealt for that I was like really excited for, and I've seen you know some of his highlights down there in Charlotte well I, I mean when he came he when he was dealt here, he went to Birmingham, so I saw some highlights from Birmingham and then and Charlotte, and he's looking good and he's a part of that um that Dodger system that let's just be honest, like what we've seen from the Dodgers farm system and pitching this season has been really strong. They brought up Bobby Miller, and then they bring up um, Sheehan. And then um, right beyond Sheehan was going to be Nostrani. Um, but the Dodgers also brought up oh, his last name is P-E-P-I-O-T. I can't even pronounce it right. Yeah, yeah. And he's been looking solid, too. So I I feel good about us getting Nostrani, but we got to bring him up. You got to get him in the you big This is
0: the part. He, is a, he was an important piece for a team that gave up on a guy because they're in a pennant race and they have a lot of depth, but he is a guy that is in the curve to developing into a big league pitcher. The white Sox need to grab that player and continue his development to becoming a big league pitcher. Just like they did with Dylan sees just because you're a prospect. You cannot let that prospect just come in and just be like, Oh, you're done working out. You're done. He's not a veteran pitcher. You're not trading for Roger Clemens at 43. You know, Matt Treasurer, like you're not training for a Freddie Garcia or a Mark Burley in the middle of their careers. Like, I feel like the White Sox, this is like a John Danks started from the beginning. It's a young arm. You need to develop the young arms. If you're having success in the minor leagues, bring them up. Why? Double A to the big leagues is a big jump, but you can do it, especially right now with the whole thing with the sticky ball and double A. You know, other GMs being concerned about the numbers and, and the other number's legit because the sticky ball's not, you know, helping or not helping, depending on how you see it. But why not bring him up? What happens if you bring him up and this guy figures it out? There are guys that have the talent to do that. What are you risking? No, I'm not talking about you bringing up Noah Schultz, who just got drafted a year and a half ago and is struggling with, with injuries. No, don't bring him up. But bring this guy up. He's healthy. What else is he going to do in Triple A? What else? You bring him up right now is the opportunity to be able to start assessing for next year. Why wait till spring training and waste four months of development with these guys? Again, is it because he is so stubborn and says, I'm not sacrificing wins for development? You suck, you're gonna lose anyways. Might as well lose with developing guys. Simple. I, I,
1: I, I I totally understand that development is not linear But then again, what I just said was the guys in his class – or not not in his class, but the guys that were with him that were projected to go this season made it with the Dodgers to the big leagues, had success. And I I really feel here that he's a prospect that can make that jump. Um, But then again, like what, what we're saying here, OJ, is why not give him a shot here with these two weeks left to see what success he can have now? Because if you see that he does have that success here, then at least you know that he can for sure break camp and spring training Absolutely. potentially.
0: And here's the thing: isn't there a big pitching guru guy, Ethan Katz, mm-hmm. in the front office? They believe that he is a big guru. He's our guy. Wouldn't you want him to be around Ethan Katz as quickly as possible? Yep. Unless Ethan Katz is a twin brother or a clone, get him to the big leagues. Get him up here. Let's see what he has. Let's see what we have to work on. Here's the other part. Bring him up to see what he has to work on. Maybe there's something that he gets exposed to in the big leagues that he's going to have to fix. So why wait? Why wait? Why wait? Why wait? Especially with pitching. I believe that it's all about bullets, and you only have so many of them, and you better use them in the right league.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, like, look, like, I hope that – I really hope he gets brought up so we see what we got out of him because that's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he's in your rotation starting off next season as you're four or five in there. Um, that's at least what I would want to see.
0: Especially if you trade for him. If you trade it for a guy who's almost bigly ready, that should be the plan. Yeah. You think, again, common sense. Don't have to be a guru. And that's a baseball why, genius.
1: That's why Jerry brought up to hire Chris gets internally because he's your internal guy that has seen this development because they
0: don't want the because they don't want the they didn't want the timeline to go around the reason that we didn't get the guy that went to the met's um you know is because we didn't want to waste six months or a year to figure out the organization but you know figuring it out doesn't mean sitting around and doing nothing about it so i i really hope that they i, I really hope he has a plan mm-hmm. and he makes me look really really bad right now um at the end but the way that things are moving, they're, mo- they're moving way too slow. If I was next to him telling got hey, you got to do this. I would tell him two things. Hey, move faster and tell your manager to shut the F up. They need to get Tim Anderson on the highlight. Like you told Ozzy, shut the fuck up. The tweeter of Anderson, they need to tell their manager, hey, zip it. Like don't get enough. Yeah.
1: Another guy, Christian Mania, he wasn't a guy you trade for, but he's a guy that's developed in your own farm system Again, he started off in double-A to begin this year, and he's right now at triple-A, pitching well. It's another guy I want to see brought up, because I, I really think nastrani and Mania, that might be your four or five next year, and I I, we, I would love to see them see what they have to work on here going into this offseason under your development plan for them so that they're coming, you know, and breaking uh, spring training and the big league camp ready to go. Um Again, <laughs> OJ, this is – it's just frustrating because, like I said, I brought up earlier, you have four spots to fill out here. And you want to try, try to
0: – spring training. They're going to talk about it. Merkin's going to write about it. You know, Guffey's going to say, oh, my God, Pedro Graffoles, you know, is doing yoga, stroking everybody. You know, what a different – all that stuff. And then they're going to come here and get their butts kicked in April because they guys have to figure it out i I have to go figure it out struggling. Like, I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't. Like, I, I, I would be moving a lot faster.
1: I wanted to focus on this comment here by Don. He just posted it. Great question, Don. So, OJ, let's take a look at this because I want to propose something to you. It goes along with this. Could you see Colson starting at shortstop in 2024 and moving Timmy to second base?
0: I would. What has Tim management done for the Chicago White Sox? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, know that- I know that he's a respectable player, but if you think that Colson is the future, mm-hmm. okay, Alexi Ramirez played second for a year, then came to short. If you think Colson's the future, and you here's the other thing, you might sign Tim Anderson to play second base. You know, keep his bat in the lineup because I still think he has a lot to offer. Maybe it's an easier position for him. You know, um. But yeah, I can see him starting there. I can see him starting at third. But I, I think that the shortstop could be something that you can consider. At some point, they got to decide what position he is, but he is a big guy, so figure it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, me personally... I would, I, mean, I would
0: consider it. I would really consider it because depending on like what they're trying to do, if he is the future and he's really going to help on the offensive side, I would really consider it and keeping both of them in the lineup. Because I really think that Tim Anderson still has a lot of value yeah. to, th- to this lineup. If you take Tim Anderson away offensively, you don't replace it with somebody that just hits just as good as him. Oh boy,
1: I still really think it'd be a smart decision to pick up that 14 million dollar option. That's so oh, strong, that's that has strong value. Like, I know very like,
0: strong value, but again, he's and, and his numbers offensively still carry weight on the team because if you don't bring if, if, if his numbers are gone, your, your weak offense is going to look even weaker. Mm. It's going to look like it's going to be very, very weak. So you just can't go in and just throw somebody there, just to throw somebody there. And let's be honest, Colson's going to be good, but you can't put the pressure on Colson to come in and hit like Tim Anderson right off the bat. And again, I'm thinking, even with his below average season, I'm thinking Tim Anderson bounces back next year. Maybe not to yeah. batting champion Tim Anderson, but I, I'm I'm thinking 280 at least Tim Anderson. Like his his swing looks great. Him healthy. With his ability, I think he's a two hit, two eighty, two ninety hitter. You know, he's a solid player with a very good price tag on him. When he's not getting in trouble, I, I don't. You know, I maybe the knock, i knock, knock him out, changes him a little bit. But I think he's a very solid, good. I think he's a really good player.
1: And I, I I believe it's a perfect position to bet on him and in his contract year, mm-hmm. and even add that versatility at putting him at second base. Um, and I know that Don and that question, he flip-flopped it, putting Timmy at short and Colson at second well, base. Well, Coulson might be
0: the future. So if you're, not, mm-hmm. if you're not thinking about signing Tim long-term, you move him, give him a chance at second. Now teams who might trade for him might say, wow, not only are we getting a shortstop, but we might get a second baseman too. Um, Kind of like what they did with Gene Segura in Miami. And because they knew he could play multiple positions and now you can have options. If you put Colson at second to eventually switch him to short because you're moving Timmy. You're just taking one step away again, not rocket science, but are you lying to yourself thinking you're going to extend Timmy? That's a different conversation. Yeah. Get no, should have I, under his bed. Get should have a little notebook like this where all his dreams live. Yeah. And he should have his lineup for, for the next three years.
1: And Colson's probably better at short stuff right now to keep him there at short. Move Timmy over to he's the future, yeah. So we saw what Timmy had his worst defensive year this year, not not only on the offensive side, but he was like negative 12 or yeah, negative 12 defensively. So he's had his worst year defensively. Um,
0: and he I, has I, value, and he has value. Maybe yeah, somebody, no. somebody offers you something in the offseason. I'll give you an example. Uh, let's compare it to football. You got a team that's very competitive early in spring training, they lose their shortstop. You know, shortstop goes down. Value value for Tim Anderson now just skyrockets because a team needs a shortstop that's going to be in the competitive window. You always need to be able to see what return you're going to get because you have to ask your question: Are you going to win the World Series, or at this point, are you going to be 500, or are you going to be even in the playoffs with Tim Anderson in the lineup in the next three years? If you're extending him, yes. If you're not, I don't see Tim Anderson signing a one-year deal. To stay in Chicago, like he's looking for a multi-year, let me stay here the rest of my career type of sit situation. The way that things are looking up for the White Sox right now, where they have their prospects up the middle, I doubt that that's Tim Anderson.
1: Yeah, no, I, if it's me, I'm not even considering the. Tr- for me, the tr- where the value is on Tim, I, the trade would have to be like ridiculous for me to to give him away right now because I feel like I. I would solely bet on him next season. Yeah. I, think I, I
0: think, I think, on everyone that had a bad year this year, I'm betting on Tim Anderson having a better 2024 than he did this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's going to have better value going into next deadline. Oh, Yeah, he,
0: he might, again, he might blow up. It, his second half has been incredible. It hasn't been horrible. Second half has been decent. So I really think that there's value still in Tim Anderson. I really do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, I would start him at second base next year and Sosa and Rodriguez, they can battle it out for the, that backup infielder. Um, I second, would
0: say we'll probably be back. You think so? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: I just, I, 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 I get it. Idea. Like last it's year.
0: It's not, it's not ideal, but I can, I would not be surprised. And who do you trade? Who, who goes to Kansas city for the Salvi trade? That's another one. <laughs> I'm being serious. Is it Eloy? Nah, yeah. There's got to be at least two players. I think Eloy's one of them. Maybe Moncada that's... needs money. I hope it's not Tim Anderson and, and, and Eloy. That's a very, very bad move.
1: Yeah, that's a gut punch if you trade Eloy while you also traded Berger, because you have that means that Colas will probably go to DH unless or, you. Or Salve.
0: Yeah. Salvi's want to rape all way from being a DH. Let's, you know, but he'll be he'll be the same type of leader that Kansas City has right now.
1: <laughs> and our luck is that Eloy blows up and Kansas City stays right. healthy. That's
0: a very risky move. Again, if you're training someone for pure leadership skills and their team is worse than your team, probably not you know, You should trade for more than that, and he's a great player. But he's in a really big contract, and he's a he's a player that he's there because he won the World Series. But when you're building a team for the future, meaning the next two three years, he's not your guy.
1: Yeah, and that this whole thing goes back to last deadline. Like you, I would have preferred to trade Eloy than Berger,
0: and like now that we're but no, but no one wanted that because. Burger has control, less money. And they thought that what Burger could do right now, he's doing better than Eloy, which is power. I really wonder defense. Burger's better than Eloy defensively. Burger runs better than Eloy. I think Eloy's a better hitter, like knowledge of the zone and whatnot, but Burger has more pop today. I think Burger might have more natural pop. I think Jake Burger's a pop guy. Like, if he fi- figures it out hitting contact, he will hit 30, 35 every single year.
1: Again, you said 35 home runs in the spring, and he's right there. He's at 32. I said I 35.
0: Think. I yeah. said he going to hit more home runs than Andrew Vaughn. Just because I think Andrew Vaughn's more Je- John, John Olerud. I think Andrew Vaughn can hit 35 doubles. And he, that was to me, that's more realistic. He'll probably go deep. You know, he'll probably leave the stadium because he'll play in a shoebox. But he's not a guy that's. If he tries to swing and miss to try to go deep, I think he messes up all his hitting style and he starts striking out more and it affects the overall picture. Burger can go over for 4. It doesn't matter. He's going to go deep in the next, you know, 15 at-bats at some point.
1: Well, OJ, you've been right on accountability with Robert. You pretty much just called the shot for Berger and hit it in those 35 home runs. And you got another pick right this week in Mankata, and we are headed to our picks to click. <music> folks you know the drill it's this part of the segment where we're going to make our picks oj you know this carousel all all too well um mancada is off the board what's the standings right now uh i got seven slav has six jay has five and you want you got four you want how many many
0: weeks how many how many weeks left two weeks okay so you're hoping that at least I win and that Slav doesn't win. You're like you're like watching the standings. <laughs> you're like, I'm okay with Junior winning as long as the guys don't take my spot. Exactly. But then if I you win, it's... you can control your own destiny.
1: Yeah, I think it's two. It could be three weeks. Okay. I gotta look I like I gotta look to see how many games in October there are is of the regular season.
0: You know what? I'm gonna go with Pantera, Luis Robert. I think 35 home runs, 73 RBIs. I really think that he, he's going to try to go, you know, you're five. You're like, can I hit 40? You know, can I stay hot? He's going to be pitching. He's going to be facing some some uh, some easy pitching down this the week, I think, that favors him, I believe. So I, I'm going to go with Pantera. Pantera's going to give me my, my fifth win.
1: Yeah, there's only two and a half weeks left, so – I'm happy that you won this week and that you're going to go with Robert. And you took that away from some people, so I don't I have to worry less about Robert hurting me. Um, Jay is up next. <laughs> Jay says Lee or Mankata, so he's going to go with Lee since mankata's off the board.
0: Corey Lee? Okay. Corey Thank Lee.
1: You. Um, sh- Nike, what do I – I think I'm going to stick with – you know what? I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn. Um he's, he's second on my list. He's been hot lately. Normally I stay away from Vaughn cuz I like him, I don't want to jinx him. Um, and Slav is going to go with TA once again.
0: I like Andrew Vaughn's pick. He's at 19, 72 RBIs. Um so he will be he, he's not going into the end of the season kind of just like whatever. He's 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 grinding till the end. Those stats mean future money for him.
1: And listen, if if I get one victory out of two weeks ago, that means I, I, I take it.
0: You take it. Yeah. You take um, it. Or as long as if I win, then Jay could be tied. Technically I have to win two more in a row, so Jay to be last place.
1: Yeah, if you win the next two weeks, you tie Slav for second.
0: That's fine, as long as Jay's last. And then you would be what you were winning it. He beat me. He beat me this week in football. So did he? Yes, he did. He did. I was in Cabo San Lucas. My roster was a little off. He got a little lucky there, but he got me.
1: Yeah, my 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 team took a shit in all four leagues that I was in. I wonder
0: how many, wonder how many who had Rodgers as starting quarterback. Yeah. That was a probably a big hit. Whoever had him in the starting position.
1: Jay, Jay had him. That's how you beat him. Yeah. Because Jay just dropped him. All right, chat. Our picks are OJ is going with Robert. Jay is going Corey Lee. I'm going Andrew Vaughn. Slav is going TA. And the standings are, like I said, I got seven picks. Um, Slav has six. Jay has five and OJ has four. We got two weeks to go. Um, this is going to be a close one, folks. Um, and with that, we are going to go to shout-outs. Um, OJ, I'll let you start it off. Uh, what do you got for shout-outs this week?
0: Man, um, shout-out to my guy, uh, Pantera. hope he has a good week. But no, we're good. Let's go get him. Browns are in the playoffs this week. So uh, first sem- semifinals before the finals. So got to win. Two out of three this weekend.
1: Browns. Wait, well, said, what, uh, what seed you got?
0: First seed. Got first place. Ooh. Yeah.
1: So you, got the bye. you got the buy.
0: We got the buy. Yes, I was a better GM than Ray Khan in my men's <laughs> team. Yes.
1: Um, all right. Shout outs for me. Once again, I, I always shout out, I got to shout out my girl. Soraya always give me that Ooh. support that I need. Always. Um I, I her car broke down so that that car is in the repair shop so I had to drive her to class today. And I got to go pick her up here pretty soon. But uh I got to give Soraya my shout out tonight. Um besides her, uh, I can't wait to have Slob and Jay J back next week so we can go into our all-time series at first base. I always miss not having them. Um, last but not least, that um, was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was the anniversary of nine um, sure. eleven. Gotta give that a uh, little respect because um, I know the younger generations are forgetting. So it's always, I think, value to bring it up um, just for our country, the, the unity that we have to remind ourselves that we stand behind each other um and we must never forget what happened um such a um tough time for our country back then but you know now nowadays it's a little bit different um and it's kind of rightfully so that it should be uh more more of ourselves going on unity um but besides that that will be my shout outs of the week. And I'm gonna give a little talk here about the our fantasy league. So far, the winners for week one was Ray the Barber, Russ, um, Justin's uncle, um Juan, Juan Montenegro. He won this past week, and Justin won. Um, and the rest of us are, have been losers, uh, junior. But we'll bounce back in week we'll be two bouncing right?
0: back. We'll be bouncing back.
1: Yeah, don't worry. Don't we'll be uh me and you will be uh making our calls this week. Um, And with that, that will do it for episode 26. Everybody in the chat, thanks for watching. Thanks for staying and listening to us talk for the past 26 shows. And we'll be back next week. From myself, from OJ, this has been The Blackout Show presented by the Gien Grid. Thanks for watching. Good night.